So Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5 through to verse 15. This is God's word to us. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is, who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Amen. Please do keep your, your Bible open this evening. We're going to refer back and forward to Matthew 6, uh, and we'll be uh, in and around uh, the Lord's Prayer this evening. And as we come to this topic, I thought that, uh, as Nigel said to me, uh, John, will you preach, give us today our daily bread? I thought that I'd have to visit the cozy bakery, the famous cozy bakery uh, that I'd heard about before I, I came over to Lurgan. And uh, I can say that I have uh, thoroughly tested out the bread this week out of the bakery. We had soda forals one day, we had scones another day. Both days we had white chocolate 15s, which are excellent, may I add. And uh, I thought it was very appropriate. There are other bakeries available in Lurgan. I just haven't made it to them yet. I'm sure they're equally good. Please do uh, try them. But uh, the Cozy Bakery is also very good. But as we come to this, we're thinking this evening about give us today our daily bread. What is our aim for this service, what is the aim for, uh, uh, as we look at this passage, it's simply this, that we are people who need Jesus every day. This evening, as we come away from this, in a few moments' time, what is our aim? That we see that we are people that need Jesus every single day. And our problem is that we think as people that we can survive on our own. We think that we can survive by ourselves. We live in an age where people uh, think that they achieve things by themselves. If someone does well, they must be celebrated as an individual. But a little while ago, uh, the Presbyterian Church made a video, and uh, Pete was on it, and uh, Stafford was on it, and John Kirkpatrick up in uh, Port Rush was on it as well. And they, uh, they asked uh, John the question, how many people does it take to raise a child in a covenant community in a church? And John said, it, it takes everyone in the church to raise that child. It's a collective so we as people achieve things as a collective. We don't do it individually. We don't achieve by ourselves, but we, we achieve through other people. And here in this place, we hopefully understand something of community, something of what it means to be a family. And we understand that we need each other. And yet, we're quick to try and stand on our own two feet. We're quick to try and look for self-praise. And we want credit whenever things go the way we want them. We want our own personal credit. Now, Nigel this morning talked about authority, and we as humans don't like authority. We don't like to submit to that authority. And this evening, we're going to look at something else that we as humans don't like, 
and others to rely upon others. We love to be in control of our own lives, don't we? We like to micromanage everything that happens. If something breaks, we'll fix it whenever we want to fix it, or we'll get someone in to fix it at a suitable time for us. We get things when we want them, and we do what we want when we want. So this evening we want to think a little bit about how we process authority and self-reliance in light of this line in the Lord's Prayer. So authority and self-reliance. These two things come perfectly to a head in an illustration. Uh, some people may have heard this before. I can't remember if I shared it, but it's an illustration that helped me think about this. A little while ago, uh, a few years back, whenever we had bad snow, uh, I wanted to go up to see my granny. My granny lives up the hill at the side of our house. Now, it was bad snow, and thinking about authority, thinking about self-reliance, I, uh, I said to Dad, look, Dad, I'm going to go up and visit Granny. Dad says, John, that's okay. Just don't take the car. And I was like, don't take the car. <laughs> I, I went up to Granny's a, a couple of days before. There was still snow on the ground, and I went up in the car, no bother, and I thought to myself, Dad, I'd be able to get the car up all right. So Dad was only home from work. He went to bed, and... Uh, I says, I'll show him. So I took the car out. It was an Opel Astra, and uh, not a Vauxhall, an Opel, bought her in the south, brought her up. And, uh, and we, well, I then myself uh, embarked on taking the car up the lane. And about halfway up the lane, the car got stuck. So I thought to myself, I can't uh, give up, can't reverse the car back down the lane. I still have to prove Dad wrong. I wanted to show him that he wasn't right. So I uh, get out of the car and uh, back down to the house, pulled the handbrake on, back down to the house and, and got a bucket of stones and a bit of sand that we had gathered up. And I brought it back up and put it under the tires and had another attempt at it. We tried to go again. Uh, and this time the car started to go a little bit sideways. Okay, so it's, it's on a lane. Uh, so much so that the front of the car was touching the hedge at this side and the back of the car was touching the head it's at this side I still didn't want to give up so I uh, got out of the car never do this got out of the car took my foot off the clutch got out and tried to push the car so the wheels are spinning and I'm pushing the car in first gear and it still didn't work and I had to give up I had to give up I had to go and get dad I had to wake him up out of bed and say dad I got that wrong and uh, I'm stuck on the lane and you can imagine what he, uh, or his response was to that, John, I told you so, I told you not to take the car. Here I was, in defiance of authority, and relying upon myself. In defiance of authority, and relying upon myself, and it all went wrong. And that's us in life. We often think, I'm in control. I'll do things the way I want to do them. I'll sort things out in my life. No one else can have a say in my life. I'll do things the way I want to do them. That's not how we see our lives in Scripture. Jesus here in Matthew chapter 6 is teaching the disciples how they should pray. Why? So that he wants them to be a, he wants them to be a genuine follower of his. Jesus isn't giving them here, it's not like giving them a little answer to an exam that's coming up. Boys, here's, here's the answers on the sly. You know, my father in heaven, he loves to see these things, so if you just give him them, everything will be all, all right. It's not, a, it's not a fake thing, it is a real thing. He wants the disciples to walk with God, to know him, and to get their lives in order. He's teaching them. And this prayer is a beautiful prayer. What does it do for us? It recalibrates our hearts every time we pray it. Look at it there in, in Matthew chapter 6. Our Father in heaven 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. All about God recalibrates our hearts, tunes our hearts to him, fixes our hearts every time we come to pray it. And so far in the prayer, we have had God's name, God's reign, and God's will. And now we have our bread. We're going to have our debts and our foe in future weeks. So focusing on what Jesus says here, give us today our daily bread. Our first point is this. We are wholly deprived physically and depraved spiritually. We are wholly deprived physically and we're depraved spiritually. If we look at the orientation of this prayer, God comes first. He's the creator. We get things in the correct order. And for some of us, this can be a little bit hard to take, can't it? Uh, I'm sure we've all fallen into this trap where someone we meet, we, we start to tell them everything that we've been going through in the week. Here's what happened on Monday. Here's what happened on Tuesday. Here's what happened on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Here's what's happening with my grandkids. Here's what's happening with the boys at the, the football team. Here's what's happening down the rugby club. And we bombard them with information about what's happened in our week. And we never, ever stop to ask them, how are you? How are things in your life? We don't stop to listen. Perhaps they do bring up something, something about their grandchild, something about their child, something about their sports team, and we quickly run over the top of them with our story that beats their story. Not with the Lord's Prayer. Often we can come and we want to bombard the Lord, but here, the Lord, here Jesus gives us a prayer that recalibrates our hearts. It takes away our self-centeredness and points us towards God, gives us this awesome portrait of who God is. He is our Holy Father, and our lives are all about His kingdom and about His will for our lives. So as we come to this, this fourth petition, uh, a guy called Albert Muller writes on this, and he says that we are creatures. God is the creator. And he said, God has designed humans to be dependent. From the moment of birth, we rely on the kindness of others to meet our needs. Our parents feed us, they dress us, they train us. We depend upon others for relationships, safety, and security. We have needs that are met in community. And then he goes on to say this, there is no such thing as the self-made man. No such thing as the self-made man. Here we are reliant as human beings, we are creatures and we are reliant upon our God, the one who gives us all things, the one who sustains us in all things. And why is that so? Well, it's all the way back to Genesis, all the way back to the garden, all the way back to Adam and Eve. Whenever Adam took an et of the fruit, he plunged humanity into a state of great need. Physically, we were dependent upon our heavenly Father. Martin Luther concluded this about our need. He said, we are but creatures composed of dirt. Our lives are frail, fragile, and wholly dependent upon the goodness of God. And yet we see God's beautiful character coming through, even in Genesis, in the midst of our need, in the midst of our fallenness. Here he comes, the one who will protect us, how will he protect us? Well, he, he took man out of the garden so that they couldn't eat of the tree. He protected us from that eternal state of condemnation. He clothed Adam and Eve, and he gave them the promise of a rescuer. 
physically this evening, we're totally deprived. I know that uh, in County Armagh, not so much in Lurgan, but over in uh, the Lugall side of uh, this great county, we're full of apple trees uh, around our house. And we love to think, you know, men have great pride whenever it comes to their apple trees. And men uh, often fall out over, well, farmers often fall out over silage trailers and tractors and all the rest. But some men, believe it or not, fall out over who does the best pruning of an apple tree around us, okay? Who does the best? Who's the best pruner around us? And we think there's something inside of us tells us that if we do this right, that, that the, the tree will bear fruit. It's all because of me. It's because of the way I prune that. It's because of the time I put spray on. Men will have debates over when's the best time to put spray on, when's it? all the rest. But it's because of me. It's absolutely nothing to do with us. We are fully reliant upon our God for everything in our lives. And whenever we get this wrong, it's a horrible picture of sin. It's a horrible picture of how we replace God. We replace Him in His wonder and His might, and we put ourselves in His place. And in the midst of our confusion, in the midst of our wickedness, we fail to see that we are so undeserving. We don't deserve anything that our Father gives us. It's only by His grace. So this should humble us this evening. Whenever we pray this, give us. That is a humbling plea to our God. We don't deserve any blessing. We're totally deprived. We are in great need. We are not in control. We cannot be self-made. And I'm going to use this pun with great purpose, we are not the best thing since sliced bread in our lives. We are not better than someone who sits at the opposite side of our church. We are not more important because of our bank balance and how it reads. We do not deserve the gospel more because we're from a community or from a certain background. We are wholly depraved, are wholly deprived, all of us, each and every one of us, No family name, no connections, no money, no persuasive argument can ever change that. And I trust this evening, we are humbled through that. It's nothing to do about us. All to do about our God. So we cry out to our Father, give us. This is what we ask of Him. So we're physically deprived, but also spiritually, we are depraved. We are totally lacking. We cannot muster up any goodness within ourselves. We need our Father in heaven, physically, but all the more spiritually. We can never bring ourselves to life. We can never come towards Him, but it is only by His grace. Muller again comments this. We are no longer merely creatures in need of provision, but we are sinners in need of the Creator's mercy. Each of us here this evening, we need Christ. Members of session, you need Christ. Nigel and myself, as minister and trainee minister, we need Christ. Husbands and wives, we need Christ this evening. Children, you need Christ. Holiday Bible Club leaders, you need Christ this evening. All of us, and friend, if you're here this evening and you don't know him as Lord and Savior, you need him. You're totally, totally lost without him. 
We need Christ. So as the baby cries for milk, so too we recognize that we cry for our Heavenly Father. Father, provide for us. Give us. Give us this day our daily bread. So we see we're totally deprived and that we are totally depraved. We need Him. And secondly, we see that we are under God's care. As a student for the ministry, uh, I am under the care of Arma Presbytery. That's the, the words that they use. That doesn't mean that the moderator has to come around and feed me. Michael will be very glad. Uh, but, or that Lachlan last year didn't have to come around and maybe tuck me in the bed, make sure that it was all, all, all okay with me. No, it just means that they look after me. They protect me. They check that I'm, I'm doing okay. They, they fight battles on my side if I needed that. They, they have their trust in me. They believe in me. They've identified something in me, and they want to push me forward. And as we think about being under care, we as a people, as a church here, are under the care of session. We're under the care of presbytery of Armagh. We're under the care of the General Assembly, but greater than all of those. We are under the care of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we look at Matthew chapter 6, look, look at how he goes on just shortly after the reading that we have, we have read together. In the verse 19, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And we see on down in the verse 25, on down through, don't worry, why? Because Christ tells us that even the birds of the air have a place to, to, to roost. So to we, so to we have our, our faith in our heavenly Father. Then in the chapter seven, look at verse seven: Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks and receives, he who seeks finds, and him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If then you were, even though you were evil, now how much? Know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law of the prophets. You see, we are under care of our Father in heaven. We are under the care of our Lord Jesus Christ. He sits at the right hand. He intercedes for us. He has given us the Holy Spirit to help us. We are under his care so this word bread, what does it mean for us? It doesn't just mean that physical bread that we can buy or bake or eat that's so sweet. Whenever we perhaps have memories of going somewhere, maybe in your own kitchen and you smell that bread. For me, it's my granny's house. Granny often bakes bread and that smell is so sweet. What is, what is the bread in our lives? Well, it covers multiple things. It covers all our physical needs. So whenever we pray this prayer, whenever we ask our Lord and Heavenly Father, give us this day our daily bread, it means that it will cover our food, our health provision, our money, our breath, our sleep, our ability to work, our ability to move, everything physical about us. All of our physical needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us our physical needs. Give us provision. At this point in, in our little study through this, look at 
that line again, give us today our daily bread. This is something that we can often overlook. Look at the use of the plural pronoun, us. Give us today our daily bread. You see, Jesus uses us and he uses our because this is a community. It's an individual prayer, yes, but it's a prayer for a body of people, for a community of believers. So as we have just prayed that here in Hill Street tonight, give us our daily bread. What does that mean? What does that look like? Well, it means as a, as a community, we don't just hog the provision that God gives to us. So in the Old Testament, that was manna, and the children of Israel were commanded not to take too much of it. They were only to take what was due for them each and every day. So to here, as a family, we meet one another's needs. So if there's someone in our congregation who is struggling this evening, struggling physically, is there a way that we can help them? Is there a way that we can bless them? Can we bless them if there is a need financially? Can we bless them if there is a need physically? How do we care for one another? Whenever we pray this, give us our daily bread. God entrusts us as people, so we share it out amongst one another. We don't keep it to ourselves. We don't lay out big storehouses, but we share it. If it's food, we share it with people. If it's our money, if it's our gifts. You see, we are all under care of our Lord Jesus. And we use this. We recognize it. And Jesse Ryle said this about it. He said, we are poor, we are weak, we are wanting creatures, and we besiege him who is our maker to take care of us. Isn't that our prayer? Father, take care of us. We don't know what lies ahead. Father, we don't know what lies ahead tomorrow. We don't know what lies ahead from a brother or from a sister here in church. Father, help us. Father, care for us. Father, bless us. So we pray that over ourselves, over our community, over our denomination, over the world church as we have prayed for this evening. Give us as a community of believers across this world our daily bread. Christian, this evening, if you are struggling, and as we think about prayer, we often struggle in this place, in the spiritual discipline, know that you are under care, under care here in this earth, of this church, of this presbytery, of this denomination, but more so that you're under care of our God and of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, our last point, Christ is the true bread of life. Christ is the true bread of life. We read about it, don't we, in John 6, 30, 35, that Jesus says he's the bread of life. We know it from Deuteronomy chapter 8 and 3, man shall not live by the bread alone, but by every word. Jesus, the bread of life, we know about the manna in the desert. We know that Jesus uses bread to feed the 5,000. We know that he uses it at, his Lord's, at the Lord's Supper. So it's no coincidence here that again he uses Give us this day our daily bread. In the Greek, there's a little bit of debate about this word. It's pronounced apiousios. Okay. Apiousios. I've learned something in two years at Union. Um, apiousios. Now, this can mean give us this day our daily bread, or it can mean give us our bread for tomorrow. 
Now, all the commentators agree on this, that there's a here and now focus. Give us, Father, our daily bread for today. Meet our need today, but also tomorrow. And what does that look like for us? What does give us our bread tomorrow look like? Well, the commentators say it is asking Jesus for a foretaste of what is to come. I am the bread of life. All who come to me will never hunger again. This bread, this feast that lies ahead of us, Father, in the struggles of this world, give us a taste of what is to come. Help us to see the beauty of what is to come, where we will never hunger again, where we will be in your presence forever. So we see this future focus of give us this day our daily bread. As we conclude this evening, I trust that we can see that this teaches us that we need Jesus every single day of our lives. We believe that we are called by him. We believe that he will bring us home safely. But in the meantime, we must trust him every single day. Father, whenever we wake, give us this day our daily bread. Give us Jesus. And how do we get him? We get him in his beautiful word. This is how he feeds us. In and through scripture, we are in great need tonight. We are a people of great need. We have not at all sorted out. We need our Lord and Savior. We need him. The great hymn says this, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. We need Jesus every single hour, every single day of our lives. And just as we close, perhaps tonight you're thinking, well, John, I've been blessed. I've been blessed in life with lots of provision. I've been blessed in life with lots of money. I've been blessed in life, and everything's pretty comfortable for me now. There's a great danger of that. If we think that we have got all that we need, John Calvin said this, Though we may have an abundance of corn and wine and everything else, unless they are watered by the secret blessing of God, they will suddenly vanish or we will be deprived the use of them so that we shall famish in the midst of plenty. So that we should famish in the midst of plenty. We pray that that's not us. As a church, that we will cry this evening, Father, we need you. Jesus, we need you. Give us this day our daily bread. Let us see God every single day before we see man as we cry out to him and pray for him to meet our need. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you so much for giving us clear guidelines and how we will approach you, that you're our God Almighty. And this world and this life is all about you. And it's all about the blessings that you have given to us. Father, we ask that you would make the cry of each of our hearts as a church, we need Christ. Father, we thank you for the blessing of our daily bread. You give us enough. 
you bless, it, you bless us with it. It's nothing to do about ourselves. Help us to rely on you. Help us to see our need for you. Father, give us this day our daily bread. Amen.